Well, happy Tuesday, everybody. In our Bible reading plan today, we are in Revelation chapter 20. I hope you've already read the chapter and maybe written in your journal some things that God said to you, how he spoke to you. Um, Today's devotion is probably going to last a little longer than average because I'm going to do some teaching. Um, And uh, this is a chapter about which there's a lot of debate, differing interpretations, a lot of disagreement particularly as it relates to the 1,000 years that is referred to in this chapter. But what chapter 20 is dealing with is Satan's final judgment. If you want a theme for the chapter, that's it. The, the, The final judgment, the final judgment of Satan and the final judgment of humanity. Let's begin by looking at the final judgment of Satan. Starting at verse 1. He says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. Now drop down to verse 7. Verse 7. And when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them together for the war. And the number of them is like the sand of the seashore. Uh, Verse 9. And they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, just remember the the beast and the second beast, the false prophet, were Rome and the... uh, the, the cult of worshiping the emperor and all of that. And uh, also remember, you don't read Revelation necessarily chronologically because there's a, there's a loop as, as events are recounted and recounted and retold and retold with different images and more details and different details. And that's somewhat taking place here. Now, the big question is, what is meant by the thousand years? This is the only place in the Bible what some refer to as the millennium, the thousand year reign is mentioned. Only place in the Bible. Um, And it's in a book that is filled with symbolic language. Um, Very few numbers that we take literally. So the question is, is the thousand years a literal number or is it a symbolic uh, number? Now those Throughout church history, there have been two primary views, okay? One is that it's a literal thousand-year rule upon the earth. The other is that it's a symbolic number that's referring to the church, the the, the, the season between the two comings of Jesus, okay? An indefinite, completed time when Jesus rules through his kingdom upon earth like he is right now. The idea of a Pre-tribulation rapture is relatively new in church history. In fact, you have no written record of it anywhere in church history until the late 1800s. It wasn't taught anywhere in the first 17 centuries of the church. And most scholars do not believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. So the discussion is the thousand years. Is it a literal rule upon the earth or is this a symbolic depiction 
of something. So what does it really, really mean? A couple of principles when it comes to interpreting. One is what is symbolic is always to inter be interpreted by what is plain and clear elsewhere in Scripture. And as I mentioned, this is the only place the thousand-year rule is mentioned. Anywhere in the Bible, this is it. And so something that is obscure and mentioned once is to be interpreted on the basis of the many Bible verses that speak very, very clearly. Don't allow the symbolic to interpret the plain. Don't allow what is mentioned once to override what is mentioned many times other places in the Scripture. So that's just a very important principle to keep in mind. Revelation is a highly symbolic book because it's, it's apocryphal literature describing in dramatic images and, and symbolic things, uh, spiritual truth and, and the second coming of, of, of Jesus and so on. Now, the number 10, you have to keep in mind, the number 10 means fullness or completeness. So when you have 10 times 10 times 10 is 1,000, it can be. If you don't take it, if you don't take it literal, but you take it symbolically, it can be that the ten times the ten times the ten, which equals a thousand, is just saying, in, when, when the time is complete, when the time is full, and that's the way I interpret this. Uh, Psalm fifty, verse ten, just as an example. Every listen, you've quoted this verse before, probably. Every every beast of the forest is mine. God talking, every beast, every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. The cattle on a thousand hills. So does that mean that only the cattle on exactly 1,000 hills belong to God? Or is it a symbolic way of saying the fullness of all hills and all cattle and all livestock, everything belongs to God? What we understand is symbolic language. God owns it all. But we come to Revelation, the only place the thousand is mentioned and, and, and some want to take it literally. And I ask, why? What's the biblical basis? When everything else in here is not, what's the biblical basis? In the completeness of time, the fullness of God's reign. Um, and in this chapter, notice what happens during that thousand years. Satan is bound. And so those who take this as a literal thousand years in the future, after the second coming, um, See, see Satan's being bound as then. But I, I want to I wanna remind us of, of, of some things. Satan, if, if this is symbolic in the thousand years, is referring to the kingdom of God. Remember, in the Bible we have this now but not yet, is but more to come. So the kingdom of God we've seen previously is already here, but it will be fully realized later. So is the reign of God. He already rules, and Satan is already part, is already bound, but there's a fullness to come at the second coming. Now notice, I want, I want so you got your Bible open, go with me back to the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And let's let the things Jesus said very clearly help us understand the things that could be literal or symbolic in Revelation. Luke chapter 10, giving you time to find it. Look at verse 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The 70 return with joy. Jesus sent out 70 disciples on a preaching evangelistic mission. They come back with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy over all, Jesus said, listen, I saw Satan fall already. 
And I've given you as my disciples authority over all of his power. He doesn't have authority over you. That's all, he's, already been, he's already been limited. Another passage in Matthew's gospel, look at chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, when Jesus is casting out demons. Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 25. Uh, he's been casting out demons and the, and, and, and the Pharisees and others are criticizing him. And, and it says in verse 25, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. Any city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? Remember, they had accused him of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub or, or Satan. Verse 27, if I, Jesus, if I, Jesus, by, by Beelzebub, cast out demons, whom do your sons cast out, cast them out? For this reason, they will be your judge. Now, here's the key verse, verse 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Kingdom of God is already here. The fact that I'm casting out demons, Jesus says, is proof that God's kingdom is already here. And then verse 29. Or how can another enter the strong man's house and carry off his property? How can I go into Satan's kingdom and cast out his demons unless he first binds the strong man? Unless he first binds the strong man. Unless he first binds the strong man. Then he will plunder his house. Jesus said, Satan has already fallen and I already bound him. And I give my people authority over him and I cast out demons. Why? Because I've already tied him up. Look in the New Testament book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Book of Colossians chapter 2. Let's find it together here. Give me just a sec. Here we go. Well, here we go. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 15. For he, Jesus, rescued us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He's already stolen us from Satan's kingdom. How can he do that? <laughs> because Satan is not all-powerful and doesn't have all power in this world. Wow. Look at uh, the book of James. One last passage. The book of James, chapter 4. Book of James, after Hebrews, chapter 4, uh, verse 7. Verse 7. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will flee from you. Listen, what the Bible teaches is that, yes, Satan is at work in this world and has influence, but he is so limited because Jesus has already defeated him on the cross. He's already been cast out of heaven. Jesus has entered his house, his kingdom, and bound him. And yes, he's not, remember that, now but not yet. We are saved, but being saved, we'll be saved. We are sanctified, but we will be sanctified. The now but not yet, the, it's, it is, but it'll be complete. So what he's saying here is the thousand years is referring to the reign of Christ in his kingdom that we're a part of in human history. Now between the two comings of Christ, Satan's been bound. And at the end, when that thousand years, when that church age, if you will, is complete, is full, that's when Jesus comes and when that happens and the judgment takes place, Satan is thrown into the lake of fire and he's not only partially bound, he's completely bound and thrown into the lake 
of fire. That's my interpretation. And uh, that's been an historic interpretation of the Christian church of this passage from the very beginning. Now, that's the judgment of Satan. He, he's bound and he will be cast into the lake of fire. Now, the second thing in this chapter is humanity's judgment. Satan's final judgment, humanity's final judgment. Look at verses in Revelation. Get back over here to Revelation real quick. Revelation chapter 20. Look at verses 11 and following. He said, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose presence the earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. Again, the symbolic language. Is the earth going to you know, walk off? No, no, it's just this picture that, of, of the dramatic nature, the judgment of God, and, and this sinful world doesn't want to be there. They can't hide. Verse 12, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, everybody, no matter their status. Books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according from the things that were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it. The, and death and Hades gave up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Verse 14. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone, here it is, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Everybody's going to be judging. Here's the question for you. Is your name in Jesus' book of life? Is your name written in Jesus' book of life? And do you know that for a fact? Because if it is, you're going to be with him in heaven. And if it's not, you're going to be cast in the lake of fire. Is your name in the book of life? Well, the next two days, we're going to look at the last two chapters and talk about the beauty of heaven. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.